Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Well, we've been hearing about what Malahide has to offer, what the entire area of North County Dublin um, has to offer to listeners on the show today. And my next guest, of course, is, um, well, born and bred, I think, in Malahide. Yeah, Housing Minister uh, Dara Bryan, good afternoon. Great, yeah. It's it's a beautiful spot here. Like it's a it's a lovely place to live. No, I love it. Look, I've been lucky enough to have been born and reared here, and I haven't managed to escape. I've no reason to. So, I grew up about ten minutes down the road from here and went to school here. But I've seen it develop over the years. I've seen it grow. Uh, still called a village, even though in the surrounding yeah. areas we'd have over twenty, well over twenty thousand people living in, in the area here. Great schools, really good sports clubs, and. Great amenities, which I've heard you discussing yeah. you know, over, over the course of the afternoon, you know. Well, I mean, it's easy to see why it's an attractive spot, you know, and even in the surrounding parts as well on, on the way here this morning. Like you can, from even chatting to, to Claire and, and Louise and Henry a little earlier, mm-hmm. you can see why people come here, grow yeah. up here and, and, and don't want to leave. And I suppose to that point, I was, I was driving in this morning and I was thinking to myself, you know, looking along the houses, along the roadway, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking to myself, like, how does anybody afford to buy here? You know, when it brings up the questions of affordability. And it does, of course. Uh, like, North County Dublin, and it's not just this area in Malahide, but, like, the lads have discussed earlier on, like, all our neighbouring towns and villages. You take Swords, which is now nearly the size of a city, fine new homes being built there. Port Marnock just down the road here as well. And thankfully, we're seeing last year more first-time buyers able to buy their homes, including here in North County Dublin, than we've seen since 2007. And that's down to a number of the supports that we brought in place, like the First Home Scheme and the Help to Buy Grant, which people know of, but also about supply, but well-built, uh, well-developed and well-planned. And like this is a, a major growth area. It's probably the youngest. If you take Fingal as a county with about 329,000 people, I think now, mm. is the youngest county uh, in the country the most diverse as well and like we celebrate that diversity here you know where we've many people who've chosen Fingal chosen Malahide Swords Russian Lusk and Scary people are struggling to buy though they're struggling to get on the ladder here there's no question of that and that's that's why I've brought forward in Housing for All supports to do that like the first home scheme which means if you're short you've got your mortgage and your deposit that will bridge the gap and that's we've had over 2,000 uh, households eligible now to buy homes and that's growing every single week by nearly 100 every week so we're turning the corner on on home ownership wasn't easy uh, wasn't easy to resolve that and won't be resolved in a year but also seeing things like the help to buy grant like that's 30,000 euro of your, your your own tax money that you've paid over the previous four years back in your pocket for a deposit so in my job as a TD for the area here, thankfully I'm meeting lots of people who are now buying their first home uh, in Fingal and in North County Dublin. And we're seeing that development and it's good development, uh, well built, high quality, um, you know, and to get to the issue of affordability is one with the supports we're giving, which helps people actually buy the homes. Lots of people who are renting and wanted to buy. But then is about supply. Like if, if you look at last year, we built 30,000 new homes up from 20,000 the year before. Is that enough, though? No, but look where we came from. We 10, 12 years of really significant undersupply, and that's just a fact and, and, and a reality. And if I could say, Andrea, as well, this year, 
we will deliver more again. But you have to do it okay, well, in, in a structured l- way. L- let's, maybe to, to, to look more specifically at some of the schemes and, and the offerings that are even around the locality. Mm-hmm. And I have this text coming in now, people talking about, you know, this listener here, government too reliant on, on private developers to supply affordable housing. Only yesterday I was reading about Clongriffin. Yeah. And the scheme there, the two and a half thousand affordable homes planned for, for North County Dublin. Um, and that's what? That's cost rental apartments, isn't it? The rents There'll are going be to be about 30%. Minimum, than- minimum 25% below market, long-term secure tenures. We've actually, our first cost rental homes were delivered actually in Balbriggan in North County, Dublin, well over a year ago. And I know the residents up there in Taylor's Hill, uh, and it means that people have safe and secure rents. Uh, actually, the rents up there are nearly 40% below market, and that's because of government intervention. And just to speak to the point about being reliant on the private market, last year in social housing, it's really important we provide good social homes. We built more new social homes homes last year than we've done since 1975. So, as I said, one year of housing for all doesn't fix it, but there is real progress being made. The, the point, though, around, and I know I'm not to specifically focus on the, clima, the scheme in, in Clon Griffin, mm-hmm. but that whole partnership, I suppose, between the Land Development Agency mm-hmm. and, and buying up the, the, the NAMA, NAMA plans or NAMA land, is it about 8,000 new dwellings you're looking at by 2026? Is that the plan? Yeah, we're looking at true Project Hussey, it's over 5,000, actually, and that's what a real issue is looking at what's pause planning permissions, like developments that haven't started. Is that why it's taken so long? There's so much no, criticism in terms well, of... Well, really, OK, when I, came, when I came in as Minister, I'm three years as Minister, the Land Development Agency had no legislation and had no money. So I had to, you know, get the legislation through the doll, had to tool it up and had to basically capitalise it to enable them to deliver homes. And they delivered their first new homes last year, actually, in Skerries and in, in Balbriggan. There'll be significant developments as well, Clon Griffin down the road. And their investments by the state in affordable housing for people to rent and to purchase. About nearly 50% of the homes that we're delivering, between 40 and 50%, are actually backed by the state. And like that's the biggest intervention that any government has made ever, and rightly so, because <clears throat> it is about providing homes for our people and um, and it's providing a sustainable way of doing that. I was listening in the news earlier this morning, they were talking about it on, on breakfast as well, um, calls from Green Party MEP Kieran Cuff. He, he, wants, he wants to see calls for a rent increase ban. This is for all mm. buildings you know, with F energy rating or mm. below. Is that something you'd support? Yeah, well, like I've met with Kieran a number of times on housing policy, as I do with other MEPs like Barry Andrews as well in Dublin. They feed into housing policy. We looked across Europe at what's being done, and interestingly, you'll see that we're not unique in Ireland. It's no consolation to people with having major challenges on housing. But that's why I brought forward the cost rental scheme, for argument's sake, which is state-backed affordable rents, minimum 25% below market, minimum 50-year tenures as well. And like 18 months ago, that didn't exist. Now we've well over a 1,000 tenancies approved. I've met people living in their homes now. What I want to see is more good apartment development, and that's particularly in our cities, particularly close to public transport. And that's where you see... Building up? Yeah, building up, certainly. Uh, And we we can do that. But if you take out here where, where you're located, one of the reasons why people find North County Dublin so such an attractive place to live is because you can commute into town. Uh, you, can, you can get the train in. We have a good bus network as well. They've all been investments over the years. They just haven't happened by chance. That's been 
well planned, well delivered. We want to see the Metrolink from Swords uh, going into the city uh, and beyond. That's in planning now as well to support the growth in the population that we have. Like we, our population now is 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 you know at the highest rate it's ever been in over 150 years. Uh, we people coming from other countries, which we welcome, coming here, choosing Ireland as the place for them to live, and we we've got to provide the homes for them to do so. So what I'm saying to you is. Last year, progress was made. We took a big step up from 20,000 to 30,000 new homes. We'll deliver more this year, even in a tough economic okay, environment. But, but just even for those in, in the rental sector at the mm-hmm. moment, and, and we've talked many, many times in this programme about the, you know, the impact of, of the eviction ban. But on that calls for the rent increase today, the, the rent increase ban, I should say, on F-rated buildings... Will you yeah, we'll, no, we'll, look, I obviously have to look at the proposal. What I'd say to you is this. I brought in the 2% rent cap, um, the RPZs. The rents were capped at, uh, at 4% prior to that. Um, and that has protected a lot of renters, particularly in, in a high inflationary environment. What we also brought in this year was the renter's tax credit. And that's worth €1,000 to every renter this year net. That's a very significant uh, payment, and I'd like to see that to be expanded uh, in the budget this year into next year as well. They're real measures to help reduce people's rent, but fundamentally we have a rental sector right now, particularly in the private... No use if you're dealing with an eviction ban notice. No, sorry, Andrea, what we're we're also seeing is the, the eviction moratorium was brought in on a time-bound basis, on a temporary basis. I always said it would be. And we've got to be very careful as to what we do in the rental sector, that it doesn't lead to an unintended consequence of more landlords actually leaving the market, thereby reducing the amount of properties that people have a choice to live in. If you look at any independent survey, the most recent one actually being done by the RTB, that most renters want to be able to buy. And that's why I've brought in measures like the First Home Scheme, where we're looking at lots of renters who are paying 1800 2000 euro a month in rent now able to buy their homes and paying mortgages of 11 1200 that's a scheme that i brought in that brought lots of criticism from the opposition saying it was inflationary and it would be a second mortgage and that hasn't come to pass it's actually working and the people that 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 i take my advice from are the people that i've met who've now been able to buy their homes because of those direct supports that we're giving and that progress is increasing on a weekly basis. There's a couple of other things I want to chat to you about, but but just before we, we move away from housing, I'm a long time working in, in, in it was with a news background initially, and I don't know how many times we write and read stories and even newspaper headlines again, the number of people in emergency accommodation yes. reached a record high, mm-hmm. and I'd say nearly every quarter at this stage. Mm-hmm. It's continuous. It's not, albeit you're, you haven't solely been the, the sole housing minister during that period, but at what point does it, does it get embarrassing that every time these figures come out, we've reached a new record high in terms of the numbers? And no, it's, it's a reality that we're dealing with. Um, it's a reality that we're dealing with as well as very significant undersupply in housing stock full stop for pretty much a decade. So as the population grows and we didn't have enough houses to be able to house people, be they social houses or private homes, that's the reality of what's happening. So what we've been able to do, though, particularly in the last quarter last year, and it's continued into the first quarter this year, is exiting more people from emergency accommodation into permanent secure social housing. And that's the point I was making a few minutes ago. It's really important to be able to build up our housing stock, and that's the state getting involved in that space. And that's why last year we delivered nearly 10,500 new social homes. We'll do more this year. And another scheme since the moratorium on the, on the evictions ended was moving forward with the purchase uh, of homes with tenants in situ. 
We have about 2,700 properties now being purchased, and we'll continue to do that, which is securing those tenancies for tenants who've received a notice to quit and entering them into permanent social housing. Uh, and that is a good thing. But, you know, we've, we've got to get the supply level up to be able to exit more people out. There are many reasons for why, why families and individuals enter into mm, homelessness. No. And it's important to make it, it's not just in relation to the private rental sector. One of the biggest cohorts as well is, is relationship breakup. And that happens in every family as well, where people wouldn't have somewhere to go. And what it is important to note that all of those people and families in emergency accommodation are being supported by the state. Um, good emergency accommodation that we don't want them to stay in long. Like okay. many exit after, you know, an, an average period of about six months. But fundamentally, it's about getting the supply up to a level that is actually meeting demand across all tenures, both public and private housing. I just I want to talk to you about um, MICA. Mm-hmm. And, and the the issues, I suppose, the ongoing issues are around sure. that. And uh, am I right in saying that the that defect of the concrete, the block scheme, not commenced last night? A new that, scheme is yeah, up about, now. about last a, night. A greatly, yeah. a greatly enhanced scheme. We've had lots of really well, good. Well, the action group don't think so. Yeah, well, I, I, actually, I've engaged directly with the action groups, not just in Donegal, but in 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 Limerick, in Clare as well. And we've expanded the scheme into that. Let's have a look at what it, what it is. When I took the, if I could say, Andrea, this is important. When I took the scheme over, the, it was a 90% funded scheme to a maximum of 247,500. The cap now is 420,000. 100%. And well, we, but why are we, some of the action groups saying it's still not 100%? Well, like they say there's still obstacles to many okay, people. Andrea, I'm, what I'm saying to you is this. We've, we've removed... In the old scheme, you had to pay about six, seven thousand euro to get your own test done to get into the scheme. That's gone. We've refunded all those payments. Uh, we've the housing agency directly involved now, and we've worked very hard now with the action groups and with with Oireachtas members and government colleagues like Minister Charlie McConnellogue as well to get to to bring forward a greatly improved scheme. And thankfully, what we're seeing, actually, when we denounced the scheme, and now that scheme has stood up, is more and more people applying into that scheme and it will evolve as it moves forward but the new scheme is now stood up it's a government commitment on behalf of the exchequer to about three billion euro in expenditure mm. in in mainly in in between um mayo donegal um limerick and clare are the main counties affected that scheme is now in place the improved scheme do you envisage there'll be any further tweaks or changes to it or yeah, is it as is no as every scheme and i've said this to the groups as well like when we were dealing with pyrite in the infill here in north county dublin a scheme that i was involved in at its at its genesis as a new td here that scheme has evolved and that scheme has evolved in time as well and this scheme will also i have no doubt about that but like we've homes being remediated now uh, in the affected counties uh, we've people applying to the scheme now and there's been good engagement. It's a very emotive issue. Like these are people's homes, but people's lives have been really badly affected by this too. Absolutely. But it's a big step forward now, Andrea, to get a, a new scheme, you know, 420,000 euro b- being a cap, which I can vary by 10% uh, after 12 months of the establishment of, of the scheme as well. We have a new cost scheme in place, which were independently verified by the Society of Chartered Surveyors in Ireland. Uh, no interaction with the department on that. That was done independently all published and really what I'm anxious about doing now is is making sure the new scheme works for people and is implemented on the ground and as I said thankfully we're seeing people well we will see but it, it I gave a commitment on this okay and I want to be really straight about it I gave a commitment when the first meetings I went to in August 2020 was in Donegal 
where I met residents there and I said that I would work to evolve the old scheme that was brought forward. And I've done that and I want to make it work now. So we will see it work and I'll make sure it does. Okay. Uh, the other point I wanted to ask you about today on a separate note beyond housing um, is RTE and, yes. and the, the situation there um, over the past ten, no, 10 days nearly, I'd say at this stage. Um, Catherine Martin, the Minister, has broadened that scope, that review um, or the, the details, the terms of reference have been, been published just this lunchtime. Will an auditor be appointed to oversee? Yeah, well, we've, what Catherine got an approval at Cabinet today, which I attended, is, is that, that that can be done, and I would expect it will be done. Firstly, what we need to do is the two specific reviews, which are external, one in relation to, to governance and the other, the other piece in relation to management and culture, and that within, or, within RTE. Like, it's a very serious situation. We take it incredibly seriously what's happened. Um, the Oireachtas Committee, both the Communications Committee and the Public Accounts Committee have continued their hearings. But what Minister Martin brought to Cabinet today is very extensive. Um, it will lead to a time-bound review um, by two external panels um, that will take, court, take place over a number of months, uh, hopefully a six-month period, uh, that will lead to much-needed reform within the National mm. Broadcaster. Am I right in saying when, it, when the Minister said it's believed the Minister has appointed a qualified person who'll analyse the accounts for previous years using the powers under the Broadcasting Act? Mm. It, that's, that's an external auditor, is it? Well, it would be. But Minister Martin will be making the... She'll be making a statement on that herself this afternoon. Uh, what Cabinet gave is approval to the infrastructure to get to the bottom of the issues that have been out in the public domain for, uh, for a number of weeks now. Uh, and there is an issue of culture that needs to be dealt with. There's an issue of how the staff in RTE, many of the normal staff, seem to have a a, a different work environment than than some of the bigger names within within RTE too. And there's some very serious issues that that need to be dealt with. I think the Tanish yesterday put it put it very well. In particular, is looking at this this whole area of the culture of the agent as well. And um, we've got to look at the at how work is structured, how contracts are structured as well. Um, uh, in relation to the whole contractor issue, hours of work, commercial input into into the broadcaster, and how that's actually perceived, sounds like fairly radical. But change. it is. But it's we need transparency. Like the taxpayer fundamentally is underpinning the operation of RTE, which it doesn't do, as you know, for for news mm. talk. And there's been a big argument over that for a number of years about news talk carries out a, a, a very important function, as does Virgin Media as well. TG Cahar, let's not forget about them. The mm. role the role that they undertake, albeit under RTE. So it's, it is, like, we can't put a tooth in it. It's a very serious situation. Like, the trust has been badly affected. I, I think over a number of years, some of that trust had been eroded before this as well. Um, and that, that is a serious situation that needs to be arrested and indeed reversed. Uh, but we're up for that change in government to support in that happening. That's why the independent reviews are really important. Um, and Minister Martin certainly gave us a, a very clear presentation at Cabinet uh, today um, and we would expect to get the the review teams uh, populated, which they will be. Minister Martin will make uh, comments on who will, who will actually be heading up those reviews. They're well-respected mm-hmm. people with, with very, very good experience. Okay. And uh, we will allow the review groups to proceed with their work as the Oireachtas committees okay. are asking the questions that, that need to be asked. And I hope we see more forthright and detailed answers this week than we did last. I know there'll be more analysis of that as well, uh, I'm sure, on the hard shoulder a li- little bit later as well. I suppose just before we finish today and, and leave North County Dublin, we've mm. been asking everybody for their uh, top recommendations and things to do. <laughs> There's so much to do here and I'm not going to fudge it because, look, you're in a wonderful place here in Gibney's New Street. Malahide Village is fantastic. We've, we're lucky out here. We've like 
88 kilometres of coastline. We've wonderful beaches from Port Marnock all the way up to Balbriggan. You know, fantastic amenities like Malahide Castle, Newbridge House, Ardgillen. There's so much to do here, and it's so close to Dublin City. And that's what a lot of people come out here and they think, you know, um, the the rural-urban mix here is great, that you could be in, in the west of mm. Ireland. But it's a great place for people to, to live, to work, uh, and indeed to visit. There's always a really... Um, warm welcome here but in North County here in Malahide. You still haven't given me your favourite place. Well I've loads of favourite places you see. Well I suppose I'd be biased I'm born and reared in Malahide. It depends what you want to do. Like I'm, I'm one of the few uh, the few cricketers left in, in Dol Aaron. If you go to a cricket match right. up, the, up the road here in, um, we'll have three big internationals here yeah. coming up in August and we've had the pleasure of having England and India and New Zealand and you'll pack out Malahide Cricket Ground with up to 10,000 people and, today. All right, and yeah. the concerts were great look I heard you discussing with Declan yeah. earlier on I went to see Blur in the, in, in the castle there they were so well run again loads of people coming in that they can use the train line or get their buses in um, I couldn't pick one thing Andrea right but there's lots of a good classic politician yeah. well, it's, it's actually, well I tell you what when you leave Malahide then you tell me what your favourite thing about Malahide was yeah. and if ah, you can the, keep it to one thing yeah. then uh, I'll I, I might try and answer yeah, that question more succinctly for you. Yeah, it absolutely. is a great spot. Listen, thanks a million for your welcome. time here on the programme today. Housing Minister Darrow O'Brien. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.